How's everybody doing today? Good. You know, it's sort of fun to be all together. I like this. I can't uh, speak in Spanish, but, uh, you know, you'll have to just put up with the, the English, as it were. Let me turn your Bibles to the book of James, chapter 3. We'll get there in a minute. James 3. Title of the lesson this morning is Your Choice of Words. You ever have someone say, oh, I, I was just a bad choice of words. Yeah, well, I think it was probably more than that, don't you? <laughs> we all speak a lot. Some of us more than we should. Some of us get in trouble with that. You know, there's a possibility in life that you could be judged by a lot of different things by people around you. How you look. Whether you're a man or a woman, your grades, how much money you have, yeah. how handsome you are or, or not, your different abilities, your accomplishments, all those things might be and can be are ways that people judge you and they judge me. But it is without question that people judge us on how we speak. That's not just if we have an accent or not, although oftentimes if someone has an accent, that'll tell you something about them as well, won't it? You know, I'm not sure where you're from, but you're not from here. Ever ever hear someone and, and you're like, well, I'm not 100% sure where that's from, but uh, you know, somewhere from other than here. So your accent may come into play there, if you know what I'm saying. But, uh, you know, you're, uh, uh, and this is a sobering thought. Your success in life in many areas is going to come down to how well do you speak? How well do you communicate? Your ability at work, school, and you know what it is? Valentine's Day. In areas of romance. Come down to how how well do you speak? Are you a very good communicator? Your parenting is very much going to be involved with how good of a communicator are you? How good are you with words that come out uh, of your mouth? The Bible surprisingly has an enormous amount of information about how we speak. It gives us instruction of sort of what to do and what not to do in our language. And we all know that at times we've done things in speaking that are great things. We've done a great job saying what we wanted to say the way we want to have said it, right? But there's also been times in your life where something has come out of your mouth and it may not have even hardly been out of your mouth and you were reaching with your hand trying to get it back in your mouth. You're like, oh, I, 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 yeah, I know what I said, but that's not what I mean. Right. You ever had that, uh, that experience in life? We all have, hadn't we? Has someone ever said something to you, positive or negative, that really is still on your mind? Maybe something that was said recently. Maybe something that was said 
years ago. But someone said it, and it meant a lot to you. Maybe, like I said, positive or maybe negative. You know, my wife said something to me this week, very, very positive. I was a little surprised that she said it, but uh, I was... uh, I was... uh, But I, I was encouraged to hear it nonetheless. Is that uh, she, you know, cir- cir- circumstance going on in her family, and her family's a little crazy uh, at times. And isn't uh, 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 that the way it is with, you know, the, the person you married, their family's crazy. Your family's normal. Uh, but uh, their, their family's a little out there. But uh, she, uh, you know, circumstance going on with her family, and she said to me, she, she looked at me, and this is just as, you know, uh, wonderful as ever, she said, thank you for saving me from my family. <laughs> and I thought, wow. Uh, I've sort of thought that for a long time, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's good to see you finally caught up uh, on that one. But, uh, you know, there, there's things that people say to us, it, it sort of sticks us in a positive way, but on the negative side too, right? Yeah. That people have said things to you that uh, have just really scarred you. And you still remember those things and, and uh, maybe you're angry uh, or bitter about them uh, as well. We're going to get to James here in a minute, but I, I want you to think for a minute of all the different things here that are negative, that can come about, are hurtful. Because of bad communication or bad words. Lying, gossip, slander, being discouraging, judging, correcting, poorly, boasting, bragging, accusing. That's a lot of bad stuff, right? Yeah. On the other hand, what about the good stuff? Speaking the truth, encouraging, preaching the Word, singing. You know, we like to sing, uh, you know, and some of us are better at it than others, but we like to sing, even if we're not. Uh, building other people up by things that we say to them. Uh, correcting wisely, teaching, glorifying God. A lot of good things, a lot of bad things can happen, and, and they can all be uh, from you. You can be the source of an enormous amount of encouragement and strengthening to people around you, or you can be an incredible source of people feeling bad about their life, all because of what you and I say. The words that we choose. The way that we communicate. Are you in James? Okay, let's look at James uh, in verse three, or chapter 3. Because in verse 1 it says, Not many of you should presume to be teachers or preachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. You know, if nothing else, you've got more information on them. Yeah, if, if someone preaches or teaches a lot, then you've heard them a lot. They've spoken a lot. And so the possibility that they may have done some things that wouldn't have been good are, are there. It says we all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault, and in what he says, he's perfect uh, and able to keep his whole body in check. We put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, and we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds and are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go, 
Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person and sets the whole course of his life on fire, and it itself is set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this shouldn't be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Quite a passage here. Nobody can tame the tongue. The possibility of you saying something that you shouldn't say is always a possibility. Nobody, no, nobody's got this saying reined in, fixed in their life. I got this okay. The moment you think you are there, you know what's going to happen? You're going to say something and you're going to realize, ooh, that was not very good. Or maybe someone else points it out to you and says, hey, I didn't appreciate what you said right there. You know what I'm saying? So this is not an area of life where you're going to get this down and you've got it. You know, two and two is... You got it. It's always got to be. Two and two is? You got it. But you're not going to get this area of your life. The possibilities are there for you to say something incredibly encouraging to somebody and helpful. And the possibility is there that you might do the opposite. Let's just try a little bit, okay? Turn to the person next to you or someone you know right right around next to you and say something encouraging to them on purpose. Okay, it can be done, right? You just did it. It can be done. Now we could also say, turn to somebody right next to you and say something discouraging. But let's don't go there. Let's don't go there. We may, we may have a fight break out right here at church. Just so I say it, in our world of uh, text messaging and emailing, it, this all fits in the same category. You know, just because you're texting it uh, doesn't mean that you're not saying it because the person who's receiving it is receiving it as if you're saying it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you also have to be careful about that area in your life as well. 
Look over to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Jesus has some things to say about this area of life. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. He's just saying that the possibility is you can be a good tree and produce good fruit or you can be a bad tree and you can produce bad fruit. The possibility is there with me, with you, with everybody. No, it's, no one is ordained to be a person who always says good things or a person who doesn't and says always bad things. The possibility is there. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now that is a truism from Jesus. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We say something, I didn't mean that. Well, you may not admit it. Okay, then do better the second time. If they don't do better the second time, probably they're having a hard time saying something that isn't really there. Because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings up the evil things, uh, brings up the evil stored within him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words you'll be condemned. Jesus strongly indicates here that we had better learn how to speak. We better learn, if they really have good in our heart, we better learn how to get our mouth and our heart in, in coordination with each other. Because the old thing of, well, that's not what I really think, but that's what I said ain't going. Every once in a while, everybody may stumble over themselves and say something stupid and not really be stupid. But if you keep saying things, then at some point, it's not a mistake. It's a reflection of what really is going on on the inside of you. Remember, it's within our grasp. It's within our, 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 our get. We can get this. We can be a good communicator. We can be an honest, encouraging, loving wordsmith. Or we can say, well, it's not that important to me, not that big of a deal. And we can continue on in life, oftentimes saying things that are hurtful, thoughtless to people around us. At some point, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you hear is what you get. But the possibility, and this is what I really want us to get here, the possibility is, because there's only really one point to this message. You know what the one point is? Improvement is always appreciated. You don't have to be perfect, just get better. You know what I'm saying? It's like in, in wrestling, we used to say, you know, I, uh, you know, you'd complain to your coach, I'm tired of getting beat. He'd say, well, then get better. <laughs> oh, okay. I never thought of that. <laughs> Instead of quit making the same mistakes, be creative, make another mistake. 
You know what I'm saying? This one point. Improvement is always appreciated in this area of our life. Become a better user of words and the things around you. Look in your Bibles. There's a lot of really interesting kind of comments about the idea of speaking. Look over Colossians 4.6. I love the wording that the Apostle Paul uses here. Colossians 4 and verse 6. In beginning in verse 5, he says, Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. And he says, Be, be wise in the way that you communicate with people in the world that, that, that you work with and their neighbors and, or, or family. Or, uh, you know, just be careful and be wise about how you communicate with those people and deal with those people. Look at verse 6 here. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that... Uh, you will know how to answer everyone. Conversation that is seasoned. All of us have had a meal at one time or another. You take a bite and, and you say, huh. It's, just, it's a little flat. It needs a little something. You know, that may be what your wife is thinking. When you give her a Valentine's card and, and say nothing but love me. It, it needs a little something. You know what I'm saying? It needs a little seasoning. A little thought went into it before it was written in the card. Maybe even a trial run on a piece of paper beforehand, you know, so you don't have to go buy another card or, or, or white out your mistake. Romantic cards with white out on them don't work, guys. I'm telling you. Uh, that's, that's a bad one right there. <laughs> if you do mess up, just spend another dollar, get another card, and, and, and do, it, do a practice one on that. But in that, I love that term, that, that term that you use. Let your conversation always be full of grace. Be gracious as you deal with people. Seasoned with salt. Season it up a little bit. Learn how to use words and, and, and how to communicate uh, with, with people around you. Look over to uh, 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 Titus chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, beginning in verse 6, he says, Similarly, encourage the young men uh, to be self-controlled in everything. Set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, in other words, in your public speaking, in, in your using of words here, in your teaching... Show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Look at that terminology. In your teaching, so integrity, seriousness, soundness of speech. Soundness of speech. What does it mean for something to be sound? It means to be true. It means to be solid. Not shaky. In your communication, in your speaking to people around you, be clear in what you're saying. Think it through ahead of time. You know, when your boss, when you're at the, the workplace and your boss asks you something, whatever that question is, they want a clear, concise, thought through answer. They don't want. 
Ask you where the flashlight is. Learn to communicate, to be sound, to be thought through. You know, when our children were little children, of course they're grown now. When they were little children, uh, just you know, to the age, you know, maybe what two, three, where they're 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 learning to to stand, to talk, and that they can sort of obey. You know that they need to do certain things. When people would come to the house, uh, they the, our our way of dealing with that is whatever they were doing, they need to stop doing that. They need to come and they need to greet the people who come to the house. They need to look them in the eye. Look them in the eye, Ben. Look him in the eye. I don't want none of this. Look him in the eye. Hi. Welcome. Good to have you here. I said, you can go away then. They didn't come to see you anyway. But, but it's teaching them those kind of things. When your boss asks you something, look him in the eye. Communicate clearly. We're going to look at passages in a minute, and there's actually a number of different passages that indicate sometimes the best communication is nothing. Sometimes no communication in a circumstance like that communicates a lot about you. You shake someone's hand. You look them in the eye. Good to have you here today. And you're just there. What does that communicate? It communicates that someone is secure in who they are. They're not nervous. They're not yabba dabba doing about everything. You ever been around someone where you can't get a word in edgewise the whole time? And after a while you want to say, Shut up! Please! You can't be an expert on everything. You can't know more than me about everything. There must be something I know more than you about. Why does a person do that? Generally, it's rooted in deep insecurity. And it's just, I've I've got to keep talking. I've got to control the circumstance. I've got to control the the, the sitting and and what's going on around me. Sometimes being sure of who you are, looking a person in the eye, and being willing to have a silence, it communicates a, a good amount about you. I remember a couple years back when Karina was uh, living with us her senior year in high school. And, uh, and I had to drive her every morning and every afternoon all the way from our house in South Pasadena to Mark Keppel High School. And she'd been living with us for several weeks and, and going to school and, and uh, maybe it was a month or so or whatever. And I remember we drove from my house and we got uh, deep down into Alhambra before anything was said. And she finally said something. I said, you know, this is an important moment in our relationship right here. She said, what? I said, we drove all the way from the house all the way to here and neither one of us said anything. I said, you know that, we have that sign of? Is that neither one of us felt compelled to have to yabber all the time. You felt secure about riding in the car without me talking to you all the time. Or you talking to me all the time. Sometimes older people, and Chris and I do this all the time, we can almost have a conversation without saying anything. <laughs> She's not even here now. She left. <laughs> a comment about her family. I may pay for that one. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes being quiet is, is okay in, 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 in a right kind of circumstance if you understand uh, what I'm saying. 
Uh, look over to, and I'll show you these passages. Look over to uh, Psalms uh, 34. Psalm 34. Psalm 34, verse 13. Psalm 34, verse 13. Action, pick it up in verse 12. says, So whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn to evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Keep your tongue from evil. Sometimes just, hey, you don't want to say something stupid? Just shut up. Don't say anything then. Look over to Proverbs chapter 13. Best way not to say something dumb sometimes is just don't say anything. Proverbs 13 in verse 3. He who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. It's okay sometimes. Just be there. Keep your mouth shut. You guard your lips. Chapter 21, verse 23. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Back to the New Testament, look back to James. This time, verse uh, chapter 1, James chapter 1. I love when the Bible is just capital letter obvious. You know, you've got to be a theologian to misunderstand these passages. <laughs> They're not that hard to, to get if you understand what I'm saying. James 1, verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Slow to speak. Sometimes not saying what you think is a good idea. It's okay to have an inner dialogue. Oftentimes if your inner dialogue becomes what you're speaking, you're going to get in trouble quickly. Slow to speak. Look at verse 26. It says, If anyone considers himself righteous, but does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. The indication here is that the possibility is pretty good that if you keep talking, you're going to sin. If you keep talking foolishly, you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. So you learn to be slow to speak. Be sure about what you're going to speak before you say it is what the Scriptures are teaching. Think it through. How many parents have said things to their children that they regret for years to come? Yeah, just so I say it, teenagers can be a pain in the neck. I'm looking at some of them down here. The good thing is, is you'll grow out of it, hopefully. But parents, you've got to be careful not to let a teenager prompt you into saying something that is going to hurt them for years and years to come. Think that they're going to remember some snotty comment that you as a mother or father said to, their, to, to your daughter or son when they were acting like a bonehead. I get that. They probably deserved you to say something to them. But the fact is, if you say something that's unthought through and unwise... You likely are going to remember. They're going to remember it for years and years to come. You know, you don't want them to be sitting in a sermon like this, and and the preacher says, "Can you remember something that someone said that really hurts you?" And the first thing they say is, "Yeah, my mom." Yeah. 
You know, you don't want to be that mom. You, you want to be, you know, if someone ever says something that was really encouraging to you, oh yeah, that's dad. He's awesome. <laughs> but those kind of things come about by you keeping a tight rein on your tongue and using good restraint. Look over to 1 Peter chapter 3, same neighborhood there. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Verse 8, it begins, Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. I love the word harmony. Because harmony doesn't mean you're all the same. But it means that you're all working together for the same goal. And it comes out and it sounds great. Harmony. We're not the same. None of us. Ever. We're not even close. Even people who are really good buddies and really good friends, and they see life, you know, they're still not the same. But we learn to live in harmony with one another. We're not saying, if you were like me, life would be great. No, no, you don't want to be like me. I'm me. You be you, okay? I don't want to be you either. You know, let's just understand that as well. But let's learn to live in harmony with each other. Let's make each other sound better. That that's what harmony is. And and isn't it interesting? He says, he says, finally, you should live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Live, love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil for evil or insult for, with insult, but with a blessing. Because of this, you recalled, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil. And his lips from deceitful speech. This is learned behavior. This is not a talent. Yes, watching a little uh, uh, basketball on television last night, and I was taken in watching the players. It was the Arizona UCLA game, and I was taken by how talented, how skillful many of those players were. And if, if you watch a, a sport, you know, you, you oftentimes you're just, it's almost in awe of, of how good they are and what they're doing and how skillful they are at it. And, and you, know, you, know, you know, you're not that skillful. It's like me watching a golf tournament, you know. I can watch those guys on television play golf all they want, but I know I'm not as good as they are because I'm not talented like they are. This is not a talent. Learning how to control your words is not a talent. It's a skill you learn. Don't sit back and say, well, I'm just not good at that. Well, then get good at it. Start today trying to be better at it. You know one way you can do that? Image in your mind someone that you think is a good communicator. And start to model their behavior. So I want to be my own person. Okay. Be your own person, but model someone who's a better communicator than you so that you'll be a better person. Instead of saying, well, that's the way I am. Really. I would suggest to you, you're always going to be you just be a little better part of you. 
be a little better example of you. And then maybe some way, some way, somehow, someone may look at you and say, man, I want to be like that person because they do a good job. Let me close out with some things that you need to be saying very regularly in your communication. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six things here. Thank you. You need to say thank you. Thank you needs to come out of your mouth probably every day. Probably several times a day. Thank you. These needs to become a habit of yours when someone does something for you. Thank you. When you go through the drive-thru at, at uh, wherever you drive-thru, they give you whatever you've ordered. Thank you. It needs to be part of your mindset to be thankful for people doing things for you, people that are around you. Number two, I'm sorry. You say, why, why should I say sorry? Because you made a mistake. You did or said something that you shouldn't have. I'm sorry. For some of you, I'm hitting deep right here. This is hard as it gets for you. Number three, I love you. You have to be mindful who to say this to. You don't say this to the person at the drive-thru. That's where skill comes in. That's where application comes in. This move at this time. I love you to people that are appropriate for you to say that too. Children should say that to their parents. I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. Parents should say it to their children. I love you. Whatever your name is. I need you. Number four. I need you. It's you're important to me in my life. This is very very close to thank you. Maybe thank you covers. I need you oftentimes. But there's certain circumstances, situations where it's not only appropriate, it's wonderful to say to someone, hey, I need you. I'm not good at this unless you're here. You make me better. You complete me. Obviously, Valentine's Day. <laughs> Number five. Please. Please. Could you hand me that please? Please and thank you are not like things that went out of style because the new world came into a being. Please and thank you part of, of, of communication of, of mature people. That's the way they communicate with each other. Thank you. Can, can you get that for me please? You're not General MacArthur. You're not ordering everybody around all the time. People don't have to salute you in the office. Please, can this be done? Please, can that be done? Please and thank you are important things. Number number six, I have six things. Six, excuse me. You bump into somebody? <laughs> What's your reaction? Hey, get out of my way. <laughs> Excuse me. 
I'm sorry. You know, the, the, these kind of things. Thank you. I love you. Please. Excuse me. The, the, these are part that should be part of who we are. I think sometimes, honestly, people get into this. Well, I, I don't want to act like I'm I, I'm less than somebody else. You're not less than somebody else, so just quit worrying about it. You're you're who you are. Learn how to communicate. What that word say back there? Grace with grace, graciously. Learn how to be gracious in life as you deal with people. People will like you if you act like you like them. I didn't get one amen on that. Are you thinking? People will like you if you act like you like them. People will appreciate you if you act like you appreciate them. People will value you if you act like you value them. Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you want people around you to treat you with respect, then start treating people around you with respect. Now let's start, or let's end rather, where we, where we started. Your choice of words. It's yours. It's not mine. It's yours. You're going to choose the words that you're either going to use or not use. As you interact with your parents, your children, your teachers, your boss, your neighbors, your family. God has given you an incredibly valuable thing called choice. It's your choice. You can be gracious or you can be a real pain in the neck. People can look at you and say, what a wonderful, mature person. Or they can look at you and say, whoa, what a train wreck. By this time you would think she would have learned something. It's your choice. The direction that you're going to go. Now Jesus says, at the day of judgment, we're going to answer for how we communicate. How we communicate is a reflection of who we are. The good tree bears good fruit. From the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And remember, the one point of the lesson is what? Improvement. Is always appreciated. All you have to do today is get a little better than you were yesterday. You don't have to fix everything. You don't have to be overwhelmed. Just try to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday. I hope our study of the Word today has been a little bit of a boring into you and making you think. This is a passage. This is a concept. This is a, a, a teaching that you need to think about and, and, uh, and let it uh, meditate in you and marinate a little bit of, of uh, you know, who you are and what you're getting. 
But let's be better communicators today than we were yesterday. Let's be better communicators tomorrow than we were today. God bless. Have a great week.